Welcome, everybody, to a very important and serious episode of ADV China this week. We're talking about how the World Health Organization has really dropped the ball when it comes to educating the public on this new coronavirus crisis. And for those of you who are used to us riding around on motorcycles, don't worry, we will return next week. But we just thought that it would be inappropriate for us to be having a fun, exciting adventure when there's something this serious going on. There's a reason we also look very tired. It's because we have been nonstop busting our ass trying to go through and sift through all the facts and WeChat messages and videos. And there's so much misinformation on a lot of different angles. Yeah. Uh, but we've tirelessly been working on that, and so we apologize for the lack of normal content. Yes, but,、uh, um, guys,、yeah. we we want to cut through. All the BS, and we're not about fear mongering. We want everybody to know exactly what's going on in China, why it's happening the way it is, and、uh, for everybody to just have a level head about、mm. this.、Agreed. So we're going to just start out by talking about the World Health Organization. Now, <clears throat> what's China's relationship to the World Health Organization? Well, they're a member, right? That's correct, and、yeah. that is a big problem, as you will see in these current in these slides. Yeah, we're going to start out by、uh, talking about the timeline. Okay. The World Health Organization、um, timeline related to the Wuhan coronavirus, now、mm. called the 2019 NCOV.、Mm -hmm. So、uh, let's begin from the beginning. Okay. Now,、um, guys, on December 31st, this is this is all related to the World Health Organization. We're not talking about you know China or anything like that.、Uh, on December 21st, the World Health 31st,、yeah. sorry, 31st, my mistake. The World Health Organization said it had been alerted to a cluster of cases of pneumonia of unknown causes in Wuhan, China.、Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the first time they were alerted to this. Correct. Okay, that's that's all good and well. On January 7, it was、uh, the novel virus is identified and named the 2019 NCOV. Okay, so the WHO now knows that this is a coronavirus,、mm -hmm. etc. Um, now January nine is when the first death was reported to the WHO. Who knows if that's really when the first death happened or not? We're going to. We're going. Yeah. Who knows? We're going to talk about that a little later. We have some speculation, but like I said, we'd prefer to stick to facts as much as possible for now. Absolutely. Okay. So, according to Chinese authorities, the virus in question can cause severe illness in some patients and does not transmit readily between people. So that's the information they had at that time. So. Up until this point, the WHO is responding responsibly.、Mm -hmm. Okay, they're gathering the information. Well, and, from what we well, could, yeah, could have seen, <laughs> yeah, so far, according to the timeline. Sure. All right. On January twelfth, China shares the genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus、uh, for countries to use in developing specific diagnostic kits, which is great.、Um, Now here again is the most important part. I'm not going to read this. You know, I hate、mm. people that give a presentation and、sure. read their own slides. Yeah, okay, yeah. people can see it on the screen, but I want to go over the most important part. So on January 12, the government reports that there is no clear evidence that the virus passes easily from person to person. So if you're the World Health Organization and you're receiving this information from China, you're going to take it at face value and you're going to say, okay, good. So we have the situation under control. It's not that serious. It's not transmitting person to person. On January 13, we have the first case outside of China. Okay. Now this is already something that、uh, you know we should start taking note of. It's now actually gone international at this point, and I think we should start really kind of getting people together and discussing how serious this possibly could be because it's no longer contained to China. Okay. January 15 to 20. 
the virus spreads to other countries, including Japan and the United States. And on January 20, human to human transmission is confirmed. Now, this is the point where they really messed up. Okay. This is where they should have declared it an emergency, an, an international medical emergency, because now you have proof that it's been passed to various different countries. It's not just like maybe one or two isolated uh, countries in Asia near China. We're talking about around the whole globe. And at the same time, we have confirmation that human to human transmission is is possible. So this is when they should be like, wait, this is a big deal. You know, these people that have now ended up in other countries, they could be transmitting it and spreading it to other humans. Um, but they continue to just play it down at this point. This is the biggest oopsie, but at the same time, I want everyone to look at the January 13th thing. Mm -hmm. The first case that was reported outside of China, that is why you didn't hear anything about it previously, because yeah. China didn't want any information to leak. Sure. When it becomes an international issue, that's when people start talking about it, right? Correct. So that means there were people talking within the WHO before that about actually what was happening on the ground, and sure. they were not releasing that information as well, that's especially if China is a board member. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we all know by now that yeah, there yeah. was all sorts of nonsense and covers up cover-ups in China, but we're not trying to we're not trying to rehash and blame the, the the shortcomings of the CCP because obviously they dropped the ball. It's very apparent that they screwed up and they tried to cover this up and for as long as possible. So. Yeah, they still are. But it's about how the WHO has reacted. Yeah, and because this is the organization we're relying on for reliable information the entire, and to deal with. Yeah, it. the entire world looks at the WHO as an authority on, you know, world health. And so when they start screwing up, they're actually putting people's lives in danger. Mm. This is what we're talking about. Here. The bomb's coming up. So anyway, on the 23rd, the uh, WHO declares the outbreak an emergency in China. Okay. But does not call it a global health emergency. Despite fact, international cases. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, they went as far as to say that it was only a moderate threat to outside. So... By now, they know it's human-to-human -human transmission. They know that there are cases around the globe now in, like, what? By that time, there are about 13, 14 countries where it's been reported or something. Okay, so then on January 27, they admit an error. So they say, oh, uh, their previous risk assessment of the virus um, being very high in China and only moderate outside it should, is actually not correct. So it should actually be very high outside of China too. But they still refuse to declare an international emergency okay why you know they they themselves are saying it's high risk outside of china but they still refuse to declare it an emergency what do you think their motivations are this is uh, where i invite the audience to come to your own conclusions as to why they would do that mm -hmm. could it be economics could it be uh self-interest mm -hmm. well we're going to get to that in a minute anyway on uh, the january the 29th the WHO states that the mortality rate is estimated at 2%, but still too early to tell. And they praise China for its incredible measures to contain the virus. Okay? And unfortunately, that's... Um, I, I wouldn't say praising them is a good idea, because in fact it was their lackluster... Or in fact, it was their criminal um, behavior towards trying to play this down, sweep it under the rug, hide the information from the rest of the world that actually resulted in it spreading in the first place. I remember on this mm -hmm. day, you yeah. and I just being flabbergasted because mm -hmm. we were in this scenario where, you know, we are very critical of the Chinese government. Absolutely. And rightfully so, as yeah. we believe, right? 
um, you know, the way they treat their, their human rights issues, everything. But this, mm-hmm. when we saw the WHO go to that length and actually say CCP rhetoric, we were yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So come on, guys. So they still haven't declared it a public, I mean, an international emergency, but they're basically saying, oh, look how amazing the Chinese government is dealing with this. Look at how fantastic they are. They're great and praising them, right? January 30th. The WHO finally declares the coronavirus outbreak a global public health emergency, okay? The problem is that while declaring it a public health emergency, they actually put more effort into trying to cushion any criticisms against China and the Mm -hmm. Chinese government. You actually uh, shared the tweet on your Instagram. Yeah, I'd like to read it. Yeah, please do. You know, when you declare something a global health emergency, it's a global health emergency. It's serious. You can't be like, oh, it's a global health emergency, but go ahead. Yeah, so this is after they've declared it, but they had to cover it up even more, right? Cover their tracks. WHO, this is their Twitter. Yeah. The main reason for this declaration is not because of what's happening in hashtag China, but because of what is happening in other countries. And they, they go on. Yeah. Let me be clear. This declaration is not a vote of no confidence in hashtag China. On the contrary, who continues to have confidence in China's capacity to control the outbreak? And this is this is my favorite one. The committee emphasized that the declaration of a public health emergency should be seen in the spirit of support and appreciation for China, its people, and the actions China has taken on the front lines of this out- outbreak with transparency, and it is hoped with success. I mean, you are congratulating the people that are the cause behind this going international. You're saying, oh, everybody else, we should be thanking China. Look at how great they're dealing this with this This couldn't have situation. happened anywhere. Look at look at yeah. how they dealt with it. Yeah. All the other countries are at fault somehow. <clears throat> how do you say that? Well, you only say that if you're delusional. Now, let's read what the actual, um, the, the leader of the WHO, uh, let's... <laughs> Let's call him Tedros. That's his okay. his name. Okay, he's got a very complicated uh, Somalian name, I mm-hmm. believe. He said, <clears throat> "The WHO." Well, okay, this is from an article that I lifted. It says the WHO declared the virus a public health emergency of international concern on Thursday. The move allows the agency to recommend travel and trade measures for specific countries, regions, and cities that it is a, that <clears throat> its member states usually follow, despite their economic consequences. In this case. WHO Director General Tedros specifically discouraged any such measures. So you've already you're already in a situation where they've declared it an international yeah. emergency. Finally, a, a month too late. Yeah. Right. And then he still goes out and says, "No, that's not a good idea." Yeah. So basically, their job is to say, "Hey, this is a, a, a international medical emergency. We should stop." you know, the spread of this. But instead of saying, like, let's take measures, he actually actively advises against it. He's like, let's not stop any flights out of China. But wait, the best part's still to come. He says, and this is, uh, this is his words, the quote, the WHO doesn't recommend and actually opposes any restrictions for travel and trade or other measures against China. Look at the wording, against China. Um, it's loaded words. Yeah, eh? exactly. He said, while praising China's response to the outbreak, if anyone is thinking about taking measures, it's going to be wrong. So the WHO leader is saying that if any country tries to restrict China, uh, travel or trade with China, that they're wrong. Okay, and the way he, he worded it against China is as if people are attacking China. Um, this is incredibly irresponsible. 
all right? What we're dealing with here is we're dealing with a crisis, a medical crisis, international medical crisis, where there is a disease that has absolutely no cure and no vaccine, and it's spreading human to human at an exponential rate. The numbers that are coming out are just yeah, we'll climbing and climbing and climbing. <clears throat> um, and he's like, no, no, we shouldn't restrict anything. Things should, in fact, if you try to stop trade and uh, travel with China, you're basically going against them and it's wrong. My issue, one of my biggest issues is the doublespeak here. So mm. if the WHO is going to put out an international emergency declaration, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they follow it up with the actual recommendations that go coincide with that, sure. that designation, right? Mm -hmm. International emergency, but don't change anything. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means nothing. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can see from the pictures there, the leader, <laughs> uh, Tedros with uh, Xi Jinping, um, leader for life, Xi Jinping. And you can see he's starstruck. He obviously, you know, he's met the leader of China and he's got a lot of faith in Xi Jinping and a good relationship with Xi Jinping. And China being a part of the WHO means a lot of funding and a lot of prestige and whatever else. So he's going to try his best not to upset China. And I think that's what we're seeing here is mm -hmm. that he's trying to play it down, just like the Chinese government has been playing it down. And perhaps he trusts what they say too much. Maybe he actually has no real experience in dealing with a crisis like this. I think it's definitely more there's a vested interest mm. in this. Think about how much money China throws around into these uh, massive international you know, organizations to hold their seat. Yep. And that's, that's what you see with the Belt and Road and all that other stuff sure. that China does. So I don't see that this being any different. It's just very disappointing yes. to see a very uh, well-respected international organization that people rely on for safety. And I'll tell you why this is so important. And this is going to come up in these headlines that we sifted through. Yeah, we're just going to have to go through a couple of... Um... You guys enjoy these pics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is actually... This is very alarming at just how much this has been played down, especially by the organizations that we trust in. This is what I want to say. The WHO, because uh, they're you know the facts, they are the, the go-to fact checkers, basically, for international crises based on viruses and disease, sure. right? So now you have a situation where all the media around the world, uh, particularly in the, the American newspapers and websites that we've checked, are using this trope that the Chinese government has played up almost like out of the Wu Mao playbook, yeah. saying that the flu is much more dangerous than the coronavirus, yeah. right? And you see it nonstop in every publication. Yeah, we're seeing this a lot. Now, I debunked this in my fl Friday video. Um, and in fact, we, we have to discuss why the coronavirus is worse than the flu. Maybe, you know, you can give some sure. people a couple statistics as to why all these headlines are bullshit. Right. So basically, when we look at a virus, mm -hmm. you have to look at its transmissibility. How easily does it spread? Yes. Right. And the problem is that uh, people are looking at the flu because of all the cases that have been recorded and all these deaths and all this kind of stuff. They're saying that the flu is more easily transmissible than the coronavirus. Right. That's what which is saying. absolutely not true. It's not true. Right? So if you look at it, mm -hmm. the uh, it's called the R naught. Yes. Right. The R naught, and I have it right up here for the flu is one point two eight. So what does that mean? So that means that I have the flu. Right. Yeah. I don't actually have the flu. You yeah. probably probably get away from me. Right. Sure. Every time that I uh, basically ex expel the flu virus, right? Mm -hmm. There's like a basically I'm gonna affect 1.28 people, which doesn't yeah. make sense, obviously. But yeah. like it's a it it's goes just statistics. And goes and goes, so it's right? statistics that basically if you are infected with the flu, 
you are likely to infect around about 1.28 people. Yes, correct. And it's and it it's uh, cumulative, right? Yeah. It keeps going and going and going and spreading. The problem is, and this is from the Chinese uh, the Chinese researchers and the doctors in China, they are estimating that the R naught of the coronavirus is 4.08. Yeah, that's the the highest. That's the highest, right? But think about it like this. Mm. If I have the coronavirus, mm -hmm. I am going to infect four people. Yeah, I mean, I think coming out of China at the moment, they're trying to say it's anywhere between 2.5 sure. to 3 R0. Um, but statistically, scientists have been looking at yeah. this and saying that it's probably closer to 4.08. So, 4, 4. Right. So yeah. that means that that's completely screwed up, that yeah. statistic. Like, you can't say that it's less transmissible than the normal flu. Yeah. It's much, much more. At its lowest estimate, it's twice as bad. Yeah, right? exactly. The second thing, the second thing that's really, really alarming mm -hmm. is that people are talking about how the flu kills... I don't know, was 80,000 people per yeah, year. Yeah. We won't talk about how that's statistically weird and how they report on it very, yeah, yeah. you know, misaligned in China. Yeah. What we'll talk about is the fact that the complications that arise from the flu mm -hmm. ends up in 1% of people in East, in the ECU. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the so the people that have like uh, really bad conditions after the flu, they have to go to the the emergency room and right. stay in the hospital. One percent. One percent. Yeah. The coronavirus is at twenty percent. Yeah. So that's twenty times higher. Yeah. Twenty percent or more. Yeah. It's the the numbers like we say they're unreliable coming out of China at the moment, but right. these are based on what scientists have been looking at, and the data that's coming out. And this but, this is the good. the issue, right? If you have 1% of people going to the ECU out of the flu, if you've got like... I'm sorry, we misspoke. ICU, we're computer sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are we saying? Um, lack of sleep. If you've got 1% going into your um, ICU, mm. okay, and you've got 1,000 people that, mm. that are affected and 1% goes, mm. compared to 20% of those 1,000 people, you can understand it's how the numbers... Sorry. Yeah, the numbers are going to swamp the hospital systems and all the ICUs are going to be full and there are going to be no beds available. This is the, the reason why it's a lot worse than the flu. Never mind the fact that the flu has a fatality rate of 0.1%, whereas this at the moment, the NCOV is, has a fatality rate of 3% at a minimum. 30 times higher. At a minimum. At a min minimum. So all these headlines that we're seeing in the background here are bullshit. It's it's very immoral. It's incredibly immoral. What you're having here is you're having all these mainstream media outlets. They are parroting the bullshit that's coming out of uh, China and out of the WHO. WHO. Yeah. It's The flu is in no way more serious than this coronavirus. I Pause it here. I, hate, I love this. For now, the flu is a bigger risk than the corona coronavirus, right? We ignore the familiar things that kill, instead obsess over distant threats. Are you kidding me? How is it a distant threat? It's, it's in our own city where we're living right. now. Yes, in LA, there's yeah. there's multiple cases. Yeah, right? in, in California, there's a ton. Yeah. Now, I think they, what are there, 11 in confirmed right cases in, in America, but they're looking at like 220 Potential. or something potentials. And I mean, remember, this is the incubation period. It could spread a lot more. Now, without fear-mongering, we, yeah, yeah. we have to understand just how important it is to be prepared to deal with this kind of thing. Mm. If you're listening to these articles, oh, psh, don't worry, the flu's way worse. You're, you're totally okay. It, you're actually putting yourself at risk because now you're like, oh, it's fine. And you just carry on with your normal life without taking proper precautions. Well, what the Chinese government's doing is mm. in the beginning, we're still reporting on their face-saving methods from the beginning when they're yeah. like, you know what? We got this totally under control. They're like scrambling, trying to hide yeah. it. Guess what? 
America dies, 80,000 people die in America every year because of the flu. They're still using this. This is from like a, yesterday, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're still using these as headlines. And that's super irresponsible for journalists, for media, for the Chinese government and the WHO to keep pushing that. Yeah, you exactly. potentially murdering people. Absolutely. And I mean, we've seen this from the beginning from the Wu Maos, which are the Chinese nationalists, the paid and unpaid ones. And we've seen it from the China apologists, too. You know, the, I should say the CCP apologists, not mm, China apologists. Not China CC, apologists yeah. CCP apologists have been parroting this whole thing about, ooh, the flu is so serious. Maybe we should warn Chinese people who travel to America to watch out for catching the flu because, you know, it's so dangerous, that kind of crap. And, you know, it's, it's immoral and it's stupid because, like I've stated before, the flu is something that the whole world knows about. They know how to deal with it. It's predictable. You know kind of when the flu season's coming, you can expect a certain amount of fatalities. You can expect a certain amount of in infections. Um, and we have a vaccine for it. And of course, yes, it's not perfect, but we know it. It's the enemy we know. This is an enemy we don't know. And the way it's growing and uh, the way it affects people is far more severe than the flu. My issue is that it hasn't run its course. The coronavirus yeah. has not run its course. So you're comparing it, like you said, to the enemy, the, the demon you know, right? Yeah. And you're trying to come up with a conclusion for a very new virus mm -hmm. that already has up to 30 times worse statistics. Correct. Right. It's, and so what are you guys doing? It's immoral. It's immoral what they're doing. I can't stand it. And anyone who's parroting this narrative about the flu being more serious, trying to play it down, you, you guys are really doing a massive disservice to everyone around the world because we need to be focusing on the coronavirus now, not how much worse the flu is, you know. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, let's move on to just talking about the situation in general, right? Sure. In Wuhan, from what we've been seeing... Um, all the information that's coming out of Wuhan contradicts the official numbers, right? In right now, way. I got the official number right up here. Okay, let's hear We're what the official numbers are. Mm -hmm. Right now, currently, according to China, there are... Wow, that just jumped. Yeah, it just jumped. Wow. It's about 20,000. 20, yeah, about 20,000 cases, uh, 426 dead. And the people in Wuhan that are being persecuted and arrested, a lot of them are coming up with numbers that absolutely flip this on its head. Yeah. I mean, um, we've got actual, like you can see the guy in the background who was arrested. I'm sure by now you know about this guy called Fung Bing. Well, I do, but maybe the audience doesn't. He has been walking around to the hospitals and live streaming and filming, uh, you know, kind of what's been going on. And this actually resulted in him being detained and taken away. Yes. Um, and we'll just let that play in the background. But basically, in, in the clip that's in the background, he went to the local hospital and he saw that there were eight body bags inside of a bus to be taken to the crematorium. He walked into the hospital and saw someone die right there again. And so that's just one little visit. He's already seen nine dead bodies. Mm. Okay. You have to understand that... There's one hospital. Yeah, one, <laughs> one hospital, one quick visit. Yes. If this guy's seen nine dead bodies directly... We can't say that there's like 400 dead or something. No. If you think about just statistically, just statistically how how much and you know the the uh, crematorium has been what's that crematorium called again? The, I, I can't remember, yeah, but the, it's been running 24 hours a day. And it's in its legal operation schedule was four hours per day. Yeah, so we've it's got now 24 hours a day. A 24 hour a day crematorium that's got 30 you know actual. Yeah. Oh, Winston. But Winston, yeah. there's only 400 people that died, so that doesn't make any sense. No, I mean this this is why we have to start. To try and poke holes without, mm. you know, without tinfoil hat yeah. and bullshit. We just have to look and see what's in front of us. So anyway, the story of this Fung Bing guy um, is is actually quite interesting because 
pretty much after he posted this live stream, he got a visit at home by basically a squadron of uh, so-called come up here in a little health bit. officials all dressed in their hazmat suits and stuff, demanding to check his temperature and to take, said, oh, you've been to some high-risk areas. We have to take you take you in type thing. We can actually skip to that part yeah, so people can, can see what he yeah, said. Then, people then, don't need to see grim... You don't need to see all the dead bodies and stuff. By the way, I'm, I must point out that you see all the um, IV drips from the roof and stuff that's normal that's everyday chinese hospital i'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of people on youtube even people that i, I respect they're like look at there's no capacity yes there probably is no capacity yeah. but this is very normal scene in china yeah exactly um anyway so the he shows a couple dead bodies and we don't need to see that and then later come on let's see where is it a couple it's more towards it yeah you're almost there mm -hmm. by the way um there you go okay there are multiple people reporting these kind of things. There are multiple, um, you know, leaks of information coming out of Wuhan. Doctors, nurses, you know, public like this guy and uh, the other human rights lawyer that's currently in a lot of trouble in the Wuhan as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of people that are releasing this kind of information. And if you look at it objectively without trying to throw a bias on the, on the situation, you just look at it from a a factual point of view you mm. can see that they're not lying mm. you know this is um, it's way worse i'll put it to you this way mm -hmm. we've lived in china for so long that we know that you have to severely self-restrict the information that you're covering putting it out even if you're not a journalist even yeah. if you're two guys on bikes yeah literally going through a village and they try to arrest you right? yes yeah. if they're willing to do that for a perceived problem that you're trying to dig up right yeah why would you put your life on the line because you're putting your life on the yeah. line to get this information these out. guys the reason why we're not seeing so many people streaming and sharing out of wuhan specifically is because look at what happens this guy basically the reason the reason why he was released, and he was released uh, the next Which day, was surprising. is because of all the pressure from the public, because they'd watched his live, live stream of him Do you know why? Because it wasn't just for the, the outside world. Yeah. If it was for the outside world, he'd be gone, sure. dude. But it was domestic people within China that were saying, you're a hero. Thank you for giving us real information. And it wasn't like the Wumaos in our comments. Yeah. The majority of people were supporting him. Correct. So imagine the pressure on the police. If And he says on this video, which I thought was amazing, he said, if I disappear, yeah. if you arrest me and I disappear, then you've just proved that you're lying. Absolutely. And so they're kind of like hands tied. They're like, if we don't let this guy go. I know. You know. I know. So anyway, the fact that somebody like this, it takes an incredible amount of courage to, to basically break the law. Because in China, you're not allowed to... No. Uh, spread rumors or do fear mongering or disrupt the harmony of you know society it's it's actually there's a law against that which they use in these kind of situations yeah and you certainly cannot criticize the chinese government in the way it handles a situation like this mm. especially not now mm. so this guy luckily was released but that goes back to our original statement that there are very few sources coming out at the moment because everybody is shit scared and they know that if they go ahead and publish something online, that the, the chances are that them and their families are going to get into trouble with the law, with the CCP. 
So that's why you have people that are now just, they're done. They're like, you know what? Everyone's dying anyway. I'm just going to get some information out. You remember in the beginning after, I think it was January 12th or something, when yeah. it finally was an international case, yeah. we were awash in information, yeah. right? Everyone yeah. was going ape within China, being trying to figure things out, basically. Mm -hmm. Now it's a trickle. It's a yeah. trickle, like you said. Yeah. But we still have sources, thankfully, that we're getting stuff from, but it is few and far in between at this point, and that's terrifying. Yeah. I can't imagine what's happening on the ground. It's pretty bad. And like I said, I do have still a lot of contact yeah. with doctors in Shenzhen and so on. And the, the way things are being handled is quite poorly, especially when it comes to things like actual medical supplies. Mm. So, for instance, masks that have been donated to the Red Cross or to other charity organizations just aren't finding their way to the right places. Mm. There's a lot of corruption involved with the uh, Red Cross Basically, they got given, oh man, I had the numbers, my wife actually gave them to me. They got given, I think it was something like 32,000 masks they were given, right? Now, please don't quote me exactly on these numbers, but to give you an idea. So they were given like 32,000 masks. Only 3,000 of those masks and the low-grade ones ended up, and this is from the Chinese Red Cross, ended up going to the hospital that needed them the most in Wuhan, the one that's hit the hardest. 12,000 of them ended up going to a private hospital that has nothing to do with dealing with this outbreak. It was a cosmetic hospital. Yeah, or, think, no, it was a fertility hospital. Fertility Sorry. and yeah. cosmetics hospital. But on top of that, you have situations where, you know, these masks are being diverted to government uh, staff and employees, you know, like Communist Party members. A lot of the PLA. Yeah, yeah, and the PLA and stuff. And in fact, a lot of the international donations that are coming in from overseas are being funneled to the PLA, which I guess it makes sense because they're going to do disaster relief and stuff. But they're not yeah. actually going where you expect. Do you want to run the, his video or do you want to run our background behind, sir? Yeah, I'll just, uh, just yeah, go. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, basically, we're dealing with a situation which is quite common in these... Um, you know, outbreaks in China where things are not ending up where they're supposed to go. Just like with the Sichuan earthquake and I donated my entire salary and it ended up not going to help the people, but actually to the company that I'd given the money to, which... Slash you know, the Communist Party. Yeah, which really, really was disappointing. Now, people have been sending masks and stuff through, but they've been telling us that uh, they're getting stopped. Yeah, so I've customs. had... I've had... We've had tons of subscribers that are, mm. like, really worried because they have either family, friends, people they know. They're yeah. trying to deliver boxes of masks over there so they get directly... You know, they don't have to get price gouged at these pharmacies and stuff. Sure. So they show up and they try to send, I don't know, maybe, like, a thousand of these bad boys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they show up to customs, mm -hmm. and customs takes them, and the people report back to the people in the U.S. that they never received them. Yeah. Right? Okay. So this is what we're dealing with right now. Sure. That shows the morality on the ground with the officials. It's tough. Uh, look, there, there's a lot going on with the, the fake masks and well. price gouging. Now, listen. The Chinese government has been very vocal about cracking down mm. on people trying to price gouge with these masks. They've fined some pharmacy that was charging what like 800 rmb for a box or whatever yeah, except they're all doing that yeah. so they've apparently going to be receiving a fine yesterday i was speaking to a friend in beijing mm. and uh, he said that you know it's been impossible to get like proper 3m masks anywhere and they just get those normal surgical masks which are apparently not effective at all and uh, less, he's, well, less effective. He saw a sign on a shop saying that they have 3M masks for sale. He went in and asked, like, how much? And they were like, well, you have to buy a minimum of, of three, and they're 45 RMB each. Mm, six, so, five bucks. Yeah, each. Six bucks, yeah. Yeah, so you have to, what, spend $18 for three. For three. 
which they actually for these, for these ones yeah for those ones and they Are actually end up costing about a dollar if you buy them here yeah. well if you could buy them here but you can't anymore because they're all sold out right so anyway um the price gouging is still real and it's going on all over china of course that's just the way it is and you're not going to you know be able to crack down on a little guy selling a mask on the side of the road or let's whatever. let's bring this back to the whole you know finger pointing thing mm. and how the who is using the ccp propaganda as their own narrative now sure China, they can crack down on all these things as much as you want. And I see so many congratulations on Twitter and WeChat and stuff saying, look, our government's so good at finding these evil people. Yeah. It's not two people, dude. Yeah. It's not two people that they crack down on. And now the crisis is over. Now they're not price gouging and taking all these masks for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They do it symbolically. Sure. So they can say, look, you can trust us, right? Yeah. We know everything is fake. Yeah. All this data, all of this narrative, all this propaganda is fake in China. They released a list of seven Taobao shops that they cautioned people against buying from. Oh, yeah, because there's only seven. I'd say the majority of them would probably be uh, selling things at a, a higher cost. Anyway, that's just the way it is. Now, um, see, we have some some interesting kind of uh, insight into what's going on currently all around China at the moment. I've spoken to friends in Beijing. I've spoken to my doctor friends in Shenzhen. And I've spoken to another friend of mine in Hunan province. And all of them have reported that they're what we call huayuans or gardens. It's kind of like your gated community. Mm -hmm. All of them now have basically been shut to outsiders. So Strangers, they say. Yeah, strangers, basically. So let's say you live in your apartment and you order a delivery um, and it arrives. They're not allowed to come into your your gated community you have to go outside to meet them and fetch whatever it is and if you want guests to come over you have to sign responsibility for them so as the house owner you have to say this person's going to come and stay with me for a day or whatever and i res i accept responsibility for them you know they're basically stopping people from coming and going from um these these apartment complexes but not only that any kind of school or bank or any kind of a you know place where people gather they have temperature scanners they have to vet everybody that comes in and out check them you know that kind of thing and this news which actually i got uh last night uh is about uh, a why my you know shall go they say why my shall go it's over a delivery here, boy which, yeah like uh delivery little boy and um he has been to 125 neighborhoods mm -hmm delivering stuff mm. while being infected mm. with the coronavirus. So this guy, because everyone's cooped up at home right mm. now. Think about it. They, they, that, they're doing what they're told. Most people that are smart anyway are staying in the house. But in order to survive, they have to order things. So mm. they're ordering either medical supplies or they're ordering food mm. or they're ordering, um, you know, why my means food. Mm. Okay, so it's obviously a food delivery guy. So you got okay. a guy. you got a guy delivering food to 125 different neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people he's delivering to each place because usually when they deliver to a specific complex, they'll deliver to more than one, you see? Yeah. It's kind of like anywhere else in the world. They of course. get orders and they say, okay, there's five people in that complex and you go and deliver. So this guy, infected with coronavirus, handling food, giving them to all these people, the potential for it to spread is massive. You know, mm -hmm. this is just one of the many stories that are starting. To to, the out. scary thing is that that's one story. Yeah, yeah, that's one. It's one, um, and you know, on top of that, we're talking about the WHO and the CDC. 
China has yet to allow the CDC in-country to help with the coronavirus. No, this is the bullshit thing. Yeah. Is China is now going all over social media, all over state media, CCTV, all this stuff, saying America has offered no help to China. Well, the they're CDC, just spreading panic and yeah. blah, blah, blah. The yeah. CDC is one of the best organizations that could potentially deal with this. I think right? it is the best it organization. It is the best. Yeah. And they will not let them in. Why would you not let them in? Well, let me... Uh, Unless give you, you're hiding something. Yeah, exactly. We continue to offer assistance to the Chinese. We have offered to send over the CDC and other U.S. medical and public health officials. White House National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien told CBS TV's Face the Nation on Sunday. We have not heard back yet from the Chinese on the offers, but we are prepared to continue to cooperate with them. So do you see what's happening here? It's like the Xinjiang camps. Don't let private journalism. They say it's all fine, but they don't let private people well, go in you, there to, you know, to report. You know what's happening right now is they want to try and get things under control before they allow anyone in. Because right now, it's obviously such a mess. They don't want foreign eyes to look on it. And I don't want to be dark, but I think there's a lot of things that they don't want people to see. Of course. Yeah. Now, you see, the same thing once again happened during the 2008 mm -hmm. Sichuan earthquake. Japanese disaster response teams volunteered to come over and help. Now, you know, Japan has a lot of um, experience dealing with tsunamis yep. and earthquakes and all these kind of disasters. So they, again, are the best people to help. Experts. But China refused, or the CCP refused to let them come. I mean, eventually they ended up coming, but it was way too late. Now, you see, the offer to help was there, but again... I guess it was because they were worried about losing face. They didn't want the rest of the world to see how bad it was. And on top of that, they didn't want to have to say that Japan, who they hate, helped them. You know, Face is poison. It's, Absolute it's poison. Absolutely. It's terrible. So, you know, you, you're dealing with a really bad situation. Help is being offered and yet it's not being taken. Okay. And the World Health Organization is playing this down saying, no, keep traveling. Why? Why? Why would you suggest that? And okay, there's something else. That's very important. Uh, can you pull up our notes there? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. There are three things that the leader of the WHO, Tedros, whatever his name is, okay. The dude chicken hand or yeah. she. Okay. She's new friend. <laughs> okay. He said that we should not stop travel and trade with China because it's going to make it worse. Now, why did he say it's going to make it worse? He said that... If you impose travel restrictions, mm -hmm. you can hinder info sharing. Okay, now hang on. Before we even continue, I got to get a little thing up on the screen here. Let me just stop that again. Give me a second. So his first thing was that uh, by preventing travel, we're going to what? Hinder? Info sharing. We're going to hinder info sharing. Okay, now maybe if we lived back in like... The, the middle ages or something when you know you needed carrier pigeons and uh, so you needed to basically rely on somebody coming through from i don't know where uh is this gonna actually work or what sorry give me a second here okay if you had to rely on word of mouth somebody arriving on a transatlantic ship to say over there we've got sickness you know, it you would know? have been a really good opportunity for him to say, listen, China, maybe you should take down your info restrictions mm. and unblock some of the social media platforms and all of the internet to the outside world so that people can communicate with each other. No, he said, don't stop planes, yeah. the, you know, physical planes bringing viruses back and forth. Yeah. How is it that you're going to hinder info sharing in the information age 
where we can literally turn on our phones or our computers and find you know out you what's can do happening it? right now. You're China, and you have the Great Firewall of China. Take it down. But yeah, if that's his argument, it's weak as fuck. I'm sorry, <laughs> is, I'm sorry but look... Like I said, we do not need to rely on physical person-to-person contact to share information anymore. I'm delivering a letter for you. Maybe like 200 years ago, you know, (laughs) before the telegram was invented or whatever. But, you know, this is ridiculous. So that's his number one reason for, oh, we should keep flying infected people in and out of China. That's the number one reason. What's the second reason? Oh, by the way, this is after they already knew 5 million people had escaped with potentially with the virus from Wuhan. This is after This is after everything. This is after he's declared it. An international medical emergency. emergency. That's why I don't understand why you put that title on there and then say, don't do anything about it. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. What was his second reason that it's a bad idea? He said that travel restrictions from China Mm -hmm. or into China is going to stop or hinder medical supply chains. No, because we don't rely on passenger aircraft to shift medical supplies around the world. If you're doing that, then you've screwed up. Yeah, exactly. We rely on container ships and we rely on, you know, whatever other way we get things across. Never mind the fact that the only thing that's actually restricting medical supply chains is the Chinese customs who are refusing to let masks through. And this is something we know on a personal level with subscribers contacting us saying their packages are not arriving at the door of the people that need it. Yeah, absolutely. So go screw yourself. That logic is weak as fuck as well. Exactly. If we need to send medical supplies to China, guess what? We've got cargo planes. Load them up in C-130 Hercules and just fly them over there. You know, we've got ways to do this. You do not need... 200 odd people on a the Boeing 737 flying into an infected zone in order to get medic, medical supplies there. Like I said, if that was the case, then everyone has failed. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay, and what was the last uh, reason? And this is probably his real reason. And this is the one that it looks very uh, despicable. Mm. He said that uh, reducing travel to China or restricting travel to China will harm economies. Who gives No shit. shit! You know what? Money is not more important than the life of people according to the who it is the who would put money and trade above the well-being of people around the world so what is this the world trade organization not the world health organization what is this well that we've already let you know the chinese government into the wto as well and wreak havoc there but this is actually something that's not about money anymore I've this s- is about morality i've seen this from the beginning with the way that they've been dealing with uh, this whole thing is they've been putting trade and money and China's feelings before the well-being and health of the citizens of the world, Chinese people included. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's despicable, you know. So this is what we've been dealing with is we're dealing with uh, the World Health Organization. And the title of our video is that the World Health Organization belongs to communist China. And evidently it does because communist China says jump and the World Health Organization says how high. Chinese communist, the communist Chinese people say, oh, it's not that bad. World Health Organization says, oh, it's not that bad. You know? It's a parrot. Yeah. At this point. China says, hey, we don't want our trade uh, uh, to be, you know, hurt. And so the World Health Organization says, okay, don't worry, we got you. We'll just tell everybody we shouldn't stop planes and trade. We shouldn't slow things down. Don't worry, we got you. How is the rest of the world not laughing in the face of the WHO? And this is an issue I have is that a ton of these uh, nationalists, probably government paid trolls on our videos have been saying, I'm not going to listen to you. Why don't you quote the WHO and their reliable statistics? And this is what makes me a little nervous mm. is that when you start seeing copy paste stuff from Wumaos, like internet trolls, mm. you know that there's probably something on the forums or a directive somewhere. Yeah. And their new thing is like, we trust the WHO. Mm. Where is this blind trust coming from? 
because they know the WHO is very pro-China at the moment, and so that they it works perfectly in their board. favor, and they're that's why you should yeah. ignore it. Yeah, you should. Now I have to point something out. Uh, can you bring up the um, that statistics page with all the the number of infected and so sure. on? Sure. Uh, let's give it a refresh and see if it's changed. Um, yeah. Now this, by the way, is I'm, I'm sure everybody we, we can't put it up right it's now. It's black one, but it's. From the John Hopkins CSSE, okay, we've all seen that site. Now, the data sources that it uh, gives us, where they're coming from, WHO, CDC, yeah, this is important. ECDC, mm. NHC, and DXY. These are the data sources. Now, there are a couple of very reliable data sources there. For instance, the CDC. Center for Disease Control. However, they can only report on the cases within the, uh, the United States and other you know, international countries that share their information. That's why I wish there was like an asterisk for that one. Yeah. Because you look at that and you, you look at these numbers and you're like, oh, the CDC did it. Oh, I believe that, right? Yeah, but the thing Only is... Only internationally. All of the numbers that you see in mainland China, which of course is the majority right now sitting at 19,668 uh, for mainland China. The rest oh, yeah, are like sorry. international. Yeah. Those are the numbers that are coming from the Chinese government, which cannot be trusted. And it's proven that they cannot be trusted. They don't have enough test kits. The people in China are already saying this. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there aren't enough test kits going around in Wuhan, which is not something that's bullshit. That's actually even been confirmed mm. by the Chinese government. How can they give reliable data if they can't test everyone? You know, so you've got someone coming in there. Oh, I've got symptoms. And they're like, well, you know, sorry, cool. we can't test you. So... Then they don't have a not positive mention, or a negative. Not to mention all of these people in mm -hmm. like quarantine or whatever that are dying or whatever. Like they have official death reports on this. Give mm -hmm. me a break. Not at the moment. It's just they're dealing, they're putting out fires. They're dealing with a massive crisis over there. And it's awful. Especially since I know medical personnel in China right now. I know what they're going through. It's hell. It's especially in the government hospitals. I'm not, you know, there's a bunch of private hospitals and stuff in, you know, all the all these different big cities. And, you know, that's different because the general public don't go to them. They're too expensive, like the Ten Hong Kong good. University yeah, Hospital in Shenzhen. Nobody will go there. But if you go to the DR Rimen Yuan or whatever in Shenzhen, you will see the, the chaos that's going on there and the, all the clinics that are dealing with the little neighborhoods. These guys are under a huge amount of stress and they really need our support, both morally and, if possible, through donations and mm. uh, and if, so on, if possible. If possible, but it's so difficult because you can't trust the Red Cross. The Chinese Red Cross has got a, a track record of, you know, Guo Mei Mei and and all the bullshit. I mean, they're already scandals. getting caught now, even yeah. by private private citizens in China finding that they're uh, the boxes in the back of the truck for the Red Cross. You yeah, know, exactly. in the back of the cars. Um, by the, the way, we have linked in our description um, a link to our friend Simon Yu. Who's, yeah, he just did a great video. He's an average Chinese guy, mm -hmm. and you can go and watch his take on the whole thing. He's in Shanghai at the moment. He just uh, did a great video. Yeah, I suggest you go and watch that. Uh, he talks about the Red Cross thing quite a bit, so yeah. please go and take a look. Sure. But, you know, all of that aside, it's tough. The people are going through hell, especially the medical personnel at the moment. And the way... The Chinese government and the WHO is playing this down. It's despicable because it's delegitimizing what they're doing, first of all, and it's putting everyone else in danger. Now, guys, I'm going to say something very important, and I need you to pay attention right now. Don't fall for this bullshit about being racist if you take precautions. And I want you to listen to something I'm going to tell you. Right now... Chinese, mainland Chinese people are buying out 
the masks and the hand sanitizers and whatnot from your local pharmacy or your local shop. Now, why are they doing that? It's because they are genuinely concerned, because they are right to be concerned and they know what's going on. Are you going to call them racist because they're being overly cautious? What about all the Chinese people that are refusing to go near anyone who's just traveled from Wuhan? Are you going to call them racist because they are avoiding these people because they know what's going on? Don't be a fool. Don't fall into this trap of, oh, I don't want to seem to be discriminatory. You know, don't be that guy. Then don't be discriminatory. Yeah. It's simple, right? Yeah. If someone has traveled from Wuhan or even from China, because we've been reading all these like blog posts on Chinese social media that are mm, telling people how to trick the system. They're like, oh, if you've, if you've traveled to Wuhan, very simple. Make sure you get to Guangzhou, cross the border into Macau, cross the border into Hong Kong, fly from there, fly from this place because it hasn't been locked down yet. Fly from here, go there first. First, fly to India, then mm. you can fly to the US, you know, or wherever. You've got people basically giving a, a playbook on how to escape if you are infected or if you've been through an infected Under current area. restrictions, yeah. So when you have someone flying in from China, there is always a possibility that that person could be infected. Mm. And you should treat it as such. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. You should be taking the, these precautions to protect yourself and your family. So, like I said in my previous video, if you live in an Asian neighborhood where you know that people have been coming and going from China, especially recently, recently yeah. with the Chinese New Year, take extra precautions. If you shop at Asian supermarkets where you know that there are people shopping there that very possibly could have been in and out of China recently, take extra precautions. Wear a mask, wash your hands more, you know. Don't feel as if you're going to make someone uncomfortable because you know what? Screw their feelings. Feelings are not as important as your safety and your family's safety. We have to look past all this shit. And remember, just take the example from the Chinese people that are smart about this, the Chinese people that are wearing masks, the Chinese people that are washing their hands more, the Chinese people that are buying the shelves empty of all that stuff because they know how dangerous this is. They are the ones that are going to protect themselves, right? So follow them, basically. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say about that. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, guys, we're going to have to answer some of your questions now. I say that as if it's a bad thing, but it's not true. We want we to answer to. your questions. Maybe pop us so, on the big screen. I don't need to look at yeah, this guy. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Deanne Chapman, my wife is on a last-ditch attempt to get back home, Shenzhen to Shanghai, and then maybe to Melbourne. Uh, but no guarantees the flight will happen. We are hearing this left and right right yeah. now, and my condolences, and I hope she gets out. I, um, I heard that Australia stopped accepting people flying in mm -hmm. from China. Is, yeah, is that apparently. true? Apparently. Uh, look, mate, I uh, can only wish you the best of luck. And here's the thing. You also have to be very responsible about this. If your wife is flying in, make sure that you make sh you, you, you get her to self-quarantine. It's super important. Mm -hmm. You know, don't take a chance. And get her tested Just be well. Just okay. be responsible about it, you know. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that she makes it through. Agreed. I hate to see people being separated from family. I'm separated from family in China right now and mm. friends. And it's not cool, but you know what? We have to be taking proper precautions over mm -hmm. here. So yeah, please make sure that you look after her. Space Otter says, I just ran across this creator of US Bioweapons X says coronavirus a biological warfare weapon. He mentions a level four disease facility in Wuhan, India has floated this idea as well. Uh, um, this is the kind of stuff we're avoiding. Yeah. And we don't want know? to we don't want to speculate. That's why we're trying to deal in facts here. Mm. And at least 
But yeah. it's good that people are looking into other things, yeah. right? Not that I agree with it, yeah. but it's good that people are keeping like an open mind about what, what's happening because we don't know. Yeah. And this is the kind of byproduct of the CCP when they leave everyone in the dark. They, yeah. People come up with crazy shit. They do. Right? Yeah. Uh, Roy says, do you know if the rich are impacted as the poor or the well-to-do doing better? Do the rich shop at wet markets? Uh, um, you know, th there's a funny thing in China. Even rich people still shop at wet markets. Oh, for markets. sure. But it's not usually... You know, people of our generation know, but their oh, parents, parents, their parents do. Yeah, do. Sure. So, I mean, there's still that. But I will say that the rich people are not nearly as badly affected at the moment. No, they'll have the connections. Yeah, people sitting in their fancy apartments in the fancy parts of town, driving around in their cars, kind of thinking everything's cool. You know, they know in the, the nice areas. They know where to get the masks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's all good for them. But the poor people are the ones that are suffering the most. Oh, absolutely. They, Just uh, in any crisis. I right? mean, never mind the level of education, mm. um, which is a stumbling block here. But also they have to rely on the public hospitals and they have to rely on all this this crap and not being able to go to buy fancy food from an mm. expensive place or whatever. So, you know, I, my heart goes out to them big time. Right. Um, Matthew Nugent says, best guys anywhere. Thank you for doing what you do. Well, thank you. We really appreciate it. We hope that we can spread like legitimate information and even the speculation that we have like for instance the numbers being wrong out of china that's by the way that's not speculation it's just fact there's no way and especially in this current crisis situation mm. that the numbers can be accurate even if there were the best intentions of getting it out mm. the problem is we know that that's not how china works so when we bring you speculation it's based on our own personal experience having lived in china for so long and having dealt and still dealing with chinese people on a daily basis don't forget, it's impossible for us to escape it because we have Chinese family. Anyway, what's the next one? Uh, next guy, he, I'll translate into mm. English. Uh, he basically says, like, the Chinese government is asking you whether your face or your people are more important. And he's got a lot of friends that he's worried about. Yeah. Um, and we understand. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Listen, um, again, right now there's a lot of disinformation and there's a misinformation campaign coming out of the Chinese government. They want people to see foreigners as the problem they want to divert attention away from their own failings okay mm. so they're ramping up nationalist rhetoric they're putting on like shows of people singing songs and you know like all the the positive vibes that they can send and stuff but once again they are not in any way shape or form criticizing themselves or their shortcomings and trying to find solutions to the mistakes they keep making and they continue to make. It's not like, oh, mistakes they made in the beginning. Mm -mm. I mean, they still haven't brought to task the people who arrested the, the doctors who were trying to raise the alarm in the first place. Mm. You know, things like that. You're going to see continual cover-ups. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's happening to the protests in Hong Kong since the outbreak? Well, a lot of people in Hong Kong that I've been talking to are utmost, their utmost concern right now is keeping Hong Kong safe. Sure. And there's been a lot of hemming and hawing about closing the borders and things like that. And Hong Kong would be a ripe place for yeah. this to spread, right? Number one, it's an international hub. And number two, everyone lives in super close quarters. Sure. And you're on the border with China, right? So imagine all of a sudden it starts blowing up there and we find out the truth through Hong Kong, just so, like we did through SARS, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what they're trying to avoid. So the protests, I wouldn't say have their message hasn't changed. No. But they're bringing this into the situation. The doctors are well. on strike. A lot of them are on, on strike, strike now. Look, you have to understand that Hong Kong had to deal with the SARS outbreak before. Mm. And they were the ones who actually did properly it. identified it and, and actually dealt with it and figured out what the hell was going on. They kind of probably sick and tired of having to deal with the crap, you know, that the mainland keeps handing them. Mm. Okay, so especially the, the doctors are overwhelmed. You will also find that, of course, 
um, a lot of mainland people will go to Hong Kong for medical treatment because mm. it's superior in every way, mm -hmm. shape and form. Obviously, there's a lot of birth tourism because if you get have your child born in Hong Kong, it becomes a Hong Kong citizen. So you can in the past escape the one child policy. But it also, you know, gives you access to allow your child to go to school in mm. Hong Kong and to have a different citizenship, just kind of like birth tourism in the U.S. So sure. you do have a lot of mainland people coming over to take advantage of the medical system. And I think they're worried. Honestly, if you have the means, you'd be foolish not to. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they're worried that what's going to happen is because of the failings of the medical system in mainland China, that mm. they're going to be overwhelmed by the amount of people coming over the border trying to seek medical attention in Hong Kong, mm. which is understandable. Yeah, the yeah. city has a capacity, you know, and China has an unlimited, endless supply of medical patients that they could send over to Hong Kong, and Hong Kong wouldn't be able to cope and no. wouldn't be able to look after its own citizens, which is, of course, the main concern here. Yes. Mm. Um, this guy quotes our theme song. Thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks for all you do, guys. Been viewing your content for about a year. Without your channel, I don't think I'd have sufficient context to parse new info. Wishing you the best to you and your families. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, problem with political institutions, private institutions always do a much better job. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, a tabloid here called the China virus, and the next day the Chinese embassy complained about it and made an online petition d demanding an apology. So it shows you their priorities. Yeah. It shows you their priorities. Yeah. I'd rather have an apology than accept the CDC's help. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest that this virus does come from China. Yeah. As did SARS. Sure. Of you course. Know? Why, why can we not say that? It's, it's not wrong to say that this, China, this comes from China. This virus comes from China. It really does. No one's disproving that. Until so we get rid of like national distinctions, then what yeah. else are we going to call it? Exactly. The you know, exact coordinate virus, like in <laughs> yeah. 22 north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this longitude and latitude. No. Peter anyway. Blantesic, thank you. Uh, I'll post this again. Uh, two Chinese mainstream websites, Tencent and NetEase, accidentally reported the real numbers in order to rectify them later. Infected 170,000 deaths, 20,000. I still can't confirm that. I did see that, and I saw it right when it happened. Yeah. I'm still waiting for someone to be able to confirm that. Yeah, it's tough, guys. You know, like, there are a lot of, but there's a lot of speculation, of course. It'd be easy for us to just start we could, we could, We could tell you what we really think, right. what we privately discuss, but th that would be irresponsible. Let's like, have some integrity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it is way worse than it's being reported, though. That yeah. I can guarantee you. Right. I can absolutely guarantee you, even if it's worse by a factor of one, it, you know, it could be worse by a factor of 10. We don't know, but it's it's definitely worse. A basic lack of hygiene, sanitation, lungs destroyed by pollution and chain smoking in China means it'll be much worse than it should be. Why can't the CCP program its people to wash hands? And I got so much shit for this yeah. when I said the general public, at least a good chunk of the older generation, does not understand properly viruses and bacteria. Yeah. Right. I caught so much shit for that. And guess what? There's still no soap in public places. In China, no. restaurants, uh, hospitals, literally no. the birth ward. There's no soap. There's no soap. So that's just how it is. So what do you, how do you think these viruses and bacteria spread? It's unfortunate. I mean, you know, my mother-in-law is here now and my father-in-law, which, you know, they came just at the right time to get stranded here with me for an extended period of time, which I'm thrilled about. Can you, you see how You think happy, you're in a different boat? See how happy I am right now? What, are you trying to claim the only person? <laughs> no. But what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is that... Um, I consider my, my parents-in-law to be from a, a middle-class mm -hmm. family, which they are mm -hmm. in China. And I still see, you know, th these very sort of bad personal hygiene practices. Like my mother-in-law just spat on the ground the other day walking around my neighborhood. And my wife had to, very embarrassed, by the way, it's incredibly embarrassing to my wife, had to tell her, look, you can't do that. And she's like, 
oh, it's okay, nobody saw me. It's that's like, the logic. It's, it's like, no, you can't do it because that's how disease spreads. Mm. You know, and, and fortunately, we're dealing with a generation of people of that age, our parents-in-law's age, who still think that spitting in public is totally fine, littering is totally fine, you know, like smoking everywhere is totally fine. Um, and so this is not helping. And that's why we're seeing such a massive spread in China compared to the rest of the world, because you have these unsanitary practices, which are actually just accepted and no one calls anyone out mm. on it. I've never once in my entire 14 and a half years in China ever seen anyone say to someone, hey, don't do that. Why did you spit that massive loogie on my shoe? Mm. Or like, what did you do that for? Like, don't do that. It's disgusting. I've never seen that once. Why did you throw that bag of diapers out your window? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one. Whatever. I mean, it's just because the Chinese society is very non-confrontational. Mm. It just is. People don't want to get into other people's business because they're worried about causing trouble for themselves, yeah. right? And who who knows who that person is? Yeah, because right? what if this guy's like a it's like an official? Yeah, communist he official. He could make their life hell. Yeah, and you say, hey, what the hell are you doing spitting like that? And, and he's like, like oh, done. really? Yeah. What's your name? So, yeah. Uh, so I think this level of incompetence and heartlessness from the CCP is no surprise. Mouse starved tens of million. Millions of my heart and prayers are with the beautiful people of China like us. They deserve better rulers. Absolutely. said this from day one. Yeah. Thank you. Again, you know, we're, <laughs> we're constantly being um, accused of being anti-Chinese. The but government is not the people. No. Unfortunately, like the government. unfortunately, the government has managed to get to a point where it's convinced half of the population or most of the population that you cannot separate Chinese people from the country and from the government. My mother-in-law, she was always brainwashed. She never used to say this. Now she says the government is the people and China is the government. So you yeah. can't have an argument anymore without labeling everyone in China if you call yeah. out the Gongchandang, the CCP. Yeah. The Gongchandang's a piece of shit. Burn in hell. The way they've been dealing with the situation is immoral and bad. Okay. They are, the Chinese people are deserving of a much better leadership. Let me let me say something. Mm. Why do you think the coronavirus v videos that we've been putting out get so many views, right? And I'll, I'll put it to you this way. The world, I think, can be quite a generous place and a moral place for the most part, especially people with good education, good, good moral compass, right? Sure. But we've been, for the past few years, trying to promote Chinese people human yeah. beings mm. that deserve better than the current leadership that oppresses them to no end yeah by every metric right mm -hmm. we are getting more views Do you know why because now the ccp's mistakes is hurting potentially the entire world yeah. right before our care for the chinese people stops there and people yeah. are like whatever it's not my country right sure. it's interesting to watch these guys in china but mm. it's not going to happen here right yeah now people care and this is the shit we've been saying for years and i don't want to say i told you so but this kind of stuff, the way the CCP operates, is the reason these kind of crises happen. And this is one of the first times it's really going to screw over the world. It's going to happen again. It will. Unless they're brought to task. And I think this is something that people keep looking past. When they see me or you criticizing the way the government has handled and is still handling the situation, they blame us as some kind of, uh, you know, hate-mongering, you know, whatever they want to call us. But at the same time, all they can do is praise the government. Look how fast they're building this hospital. In look at Western how well, media. Look how well they're doing this. Look how, look, the WHO is even mm. praising them. Great. So then what's going to happen is after this is all said and done, the, the Chinese government, the CCP is going to pat themselves on the back Plain and say, victory. look at what a great job we did. Even the whole world says that we're so good. We're so great. Look, and they we, will. We did all this, this stuff. And then they're going to just sweep everything under the rug. And the next time this breaks out, they'll deal with it in exactly the same way. Try to cover it up. 
And unless people are like, stop, stop screwing over your own citizens, stop being so terrible towards Chinese people and really hold them to account, they're not going to have an incentive to actually stop this bad behavior. You know? 100% agree. Anyway. Greetings from Shanghai. My uh, gated community is closed off too. Interesting to see how the situation brings out the worst and some who profit and the best and others who hand out masks, etc. Keep up the great work. Agreed. And we cannot fight the good fight. undermine the people that are really putting in no. the effort. There but they're getting of, no spotlight. Yeah. There are a couple of very, very brave people at the moment who are, like I said, risking their freedom and their life to bring us information out of Wuhan. And those people have to be commended. I'll be giving a spotlight to one of them in my Friday hmm. video. And uh, the people that are being generous and handing out masks and doing that kind of thing, they need to be lauded. They're really doing a fantastic job, especially mm. since, and I hate to say this, but the, the Chinese government is actually making it incredibly hard for people to donate medical supplies and money and so on, simply because of the lack of transparency and the corrupt channels through which you are allowed to donate. You don't want to be giving money and masks if you don't know where they're going, you want to make sure they end up where you, you're donating them to, to the hospitals that matter. And then when you find out that they're sitting in some Warehouse. government officials by Joe Den, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're, yeah. they're in the wrong hospitals or they're being sold, you know, at a profit, you're going to lose all faith. You know, we need to have transparent channels to donate and to care for the people in need. Absolutely. Anyway. CCP has lost the mandate of heaven. CCP is the real coronavirus. I agree. Hey, guys, I'm from Switzerland. WHO is actually super corrupt, sadly. Stay awesome. Absolutely. And this is this is showing it. This entire crisis yeah. is showing how bad the WHO is and how they they favor money and trade over the well-being and health of people around the world. Mm. Did you hear that WeChat is reportedly suspending accounts tied to Wuhan ideas? IDs? So are we now going into the digital quarantine mode now? Well, uh, in the first like kind of uh, protests in Xinjiang, mm. they, sh they shut down the entire communication. They network. actually shut down the internet. So I'm not <clears throat> going to say that that's false. No, and they, might, they, might, they might actually do it. They might shut down the internet in, in Wuhan. It's entirely possible if things get worse. I feel like they're probably going to stabilize, though. At least, if not stabilize, at least just continue kind of the way it's going at the mm. moment now they have all their hospitals uh, set up they've just completed those prefab hospitals which by the way it's more like a construction site with temporary housing than than a hospital we have to understand we have to see it for what it is they lay down a big concrete slab they put a bunch of prefab um, isolation rooms and it's going to be fan it's going to be the only way they can deal with this but uh, i've got some videos from inside it and it's pretty grim I'll yeah, share that a little bit later. Yeah, it's basically the way it's been set up is so that people can be locked in to the rooms, yeah. um, you know, to quarantine them, which, you know, I guess makes sense. But uh, let's let's see how that all unfolds. But I do think that they're probably going to get a handle on it eventually, you know, so hopefully they don't cut off communications. And they would only do that if it got worse. Yeah, anyway. When I saw the title, I was like, did the Who make a CCP-backed album or something? <laughs> you know a good theme song for this whole thing should be? Right. From the Who won't be fooled again. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not Wake bad. Up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Daniel Lesk, been following you guys uh, for years from New York City. Who would have thought that two drunken bike nerds would become the preeminent alt-media commentators of truth on the coronavirus crisis? Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. I wish we could just be drunk bikers. We're supposed to be on an adventure today sharing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're dying. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Uh, yeah. Been a while since I watched y'all. Always love the moto vlogs. Can you shout out your car channel? Because I saw it in a video but forgot the name. 
Uh, great coverage on the coronavirus dudes. Sure, it's a worthless whips. Yep, just look up worthless whips. Give us a sub. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm from Germany. Same media here. Flu is worse. So they're doing the same thing in Germany. Absolutely, they are. Guys, this surgical masks being sold out is a real thing. I've been getting people sending me messages from all over, from small little towns, you know, in obscure parts of different countries where it's all sold out. Mm. And I mean, if in South Africa they're sold out, mm. it's bad. And then you find out that like in Kansas and, and very small little places around America, like places that are not where you would expect, yeah. Yeah. they're all sold out. And in Germany and in France and, right. in, you know... It's it's a real thing. I mean, do do a little experiment. Go down to where you would normally buy these three M masks and see if there are any on the shelves. And if there are, get yourself a box for your family. Because for sure. if not, the uh, the the Chinese community there is going to buy all of them, you know, because they know it's they know it's and they serious. Need them. Yeah. Uh, hello from Seattle. Only five dollars a stream because I bought surgical masks from this video. Get well soon, Wuhan. Amen. Good stuff. Uh, I absolutely love everything you do. Keep speaking the truth. Censorship is a crime. I hope mm -hmm. you do an interview with Luke from We Are Changed soon. Thank you. I'm not sure who that is, but... Yeah, but yeah, thank okay. you so much for tracking this, including highlighting the timeline. I think it's very important. We, we did that on both these videos. Accuracy yeah. and faith in information is so hard to come by. Correct. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Yes. Listen, um, it, it was serious. Please bear with us. Next week, we're hoping that we don't need to cover this as much anymore. We're hoping things die down. We're keeping a very close eye on it. This is we're basically living this day by day. And we want to bring you accurate information. I think the takeaway from this is everybody, please take this a lot more seriously than mm. the media is trying to tell you. Mm. And it's better to be prepared. You know, isn't that the Boy Scout thing? Be prepared. Absolutely. So be prepared. Make sure you have some medical masks. Stay away from potentially infectious areas, um, such as big gatherings in, um, you know, Asian supermarkets and so on. If you know of anyone who's just recently returned from China, without making them feel bad, limit contact. Just for now. Remember, it's about a 14-day incubation period. So and maybe post-incubation period. Yeah, they're saying, they're, they're saying that there may be a post-recovery, um, you know, thing as well. But please be very careful. And um, that's all. Look Anyone after watching yourself. in China, to the Chinese friends, keep mm -hmm. it up. Please be safe as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I pray and I hope that the CCP doesn't completely drop the ball at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to respond. Someone said, not all Asians are Chinese. Of course not. No. That's not the no thing. No one said that. But, um, you know, being able to speak Chinese and recognize... Uh, my Cantonese is terrible. My Mandarin's pretty good. But my Cantonese is awful, but I can still recognize it. Mm. As I go to all the different Asian supermarkets and Asian areas in LA and in California where mm. I've been, the majority of language that I hear spoken is Mandarin, mm -hmm. you know, followed by Cantonese. Mm -hmm. So when I go to a place like 99 Ranch, which is a kind of a branch, it's like a chain, um, most people are speaking Cantonese and Mandarin, mm -hmm. so they're Chinese, you know. If I go to pretty much any tourist spot, the Asian people that are walking around usually speaking Chinese. So I know from my own personal experience that the majority of Asian people that I come across in California are Chinese. I'd say like 80% mm. of all the Asian people I've run into. And I've tried to stress this in my previous video that we should not be nasty, discriminatory or no. racist towards people of Asian ethnicity. We absolutely have to be very careful of that. But at the same time, we cannot be stupid and put ourselves and our families at risk by not acknowledging the fact that 
if you are in a majority Asian area or Asian supermarkets, the chances of someone recently returning from China is high. And so we should take extra precautions. And that doesn't mean be an asshole. Okay, so just that's my message to you. Anyway, anything you'd like to add before we uh, sign off? Thanks for joining, guys. Uh, we'll see you on the podcast, I believe, next week. Is it uh, next, next Thursday, yeah. Is it next Thursday? Yeah. No, um, it's not. Oh, it is. Not this Thursday. Next, sorry. My mind see you next Thursday on ADV Podcast. Um, and we'll hopefully be back to normal uh, next Monday. Yeah. Uh, I got a video on Wednesday uh, all about the coronavirus and actually more about someone that recently escaped. Yeah. Uh, an inter interview there. And on Friday, you're going to highlight a bit more as well, right? Absolutely. We've got some very important messages coming this week, guys. Stay strong. Stay safe. Can't wait to see you in the next one. And as always, you know the drill. Stay awesome.